0: Hello and welcome to The Glide TV Recap Season 1, where we are recapping all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones in the lead-up to the premiere of Season 8 in April of next year. Today, we have reached the end as we cover Season 7, Episode 7, The Dragon and the Wolf. Now, we just wrapped our viewing of this episode a few minutes ago, so... Uh, for instant reactions, where would you like to start with uh, Jon Snow's identity, with Littlefinger's death, with the wall falling, with Cersei's newest plan?
1: Oh uh, boy, well there's a lot of stuff in that one, Mm-hmm. that's for sure.
0: Um, Let's start with the wall, why don't we? Okay. So the wall has fallen. Apparently, yes, as the night King used his recently acquired zombie dragon to bring the wall down uh quite easily, yes, quite easy,
1: <laughs> hundreds and thousands of years to build it, and three minutes to tear it down um. um. And there were thousands, millions of the undead, or the dead, or the White Walkers, or, uh, now walking through that area. Yes. Uh, so, what's going to
0: stop them now? Don't know. We will obviously find out next season. So, Littlefinger's death. What uh, do we make of this? Boy,
1: well, that was a shock. That was a surprise. Uh, They brought Arya into the throne room, I guess they called it, I think. Uh, And I thought they were, they made it look like they're accusing Arya of treason and murder. Correct. They made it look that way for some reason, to throw us off, apparently. And then, oh, they turn and say, Littlefinger. Well, they didn't call him Littlefinger, but anyway. uh We're leveling these charges against you. And he didn't have much to say. He tried to beg his way out of it, and they weren't having any of it. Uh, I assume that Bran was the one. He went back and watched all the stuff Littlefinger did, I guess. How he orchestrated all the things that uh, Peter Baelish did. And that's why he was there, so... And Arya was the executioner. Um, yeah, that's shocking because I really thought Littlefinger was going to have a lot of major things to do next season. But uh-huh. I'm guessing he's not going to have anything to do next season. <laughs> One would assume not. No. He's not going to be the uh, a major player next year. No.
0: Um, Cersei's newest plan that she has... Executed, which is essentially uh, agree to go north and help all of you fight the dead, but I'm not actually going to do it. Which causes Jamie to leave and go north by himself, as far as we can tell. As far as we can tell, um,
1: that, as we know, we can't trust anything Cersei says. So that when they had a meeting and the white came out and a kind of attacked him mm-hmm. I mean, showed how mean he was. And she says, uh, and Euron Greyjoy says, oh, my God, I'm scared to death. I'm going back to the Iron Islands. And Right. Um, I was like, that's scared." <laughs> okay, now wait a minute. Right. I don't, okay, I'm not sure about that, but okay. And Cersei's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll send our, yes, we'll help you guys. We'll send our armies with you to the north to help. Mm-hmm. And then later in the episode, she's talking to Jamie and Heinson and Noah North. Are you crazy? Let them go up, get killed, and we'll take care of who's ever left. Right. And, oh, you're on. Like he's going to the Iron. No, he isn't. We're having him go over to this place that's vacated, and he's going to attack um, that area, I guess.
0: No, he's gonna go. He's sailing over to Essos to go get the Golden Company oh, yeah, to bring the them Golden over Company. to add more troops to Cersei's to Cersei's forces. army. So yeah, mm-hmm. um,
1: that sounds just like Cersei. Uh, so yeah, it's I don't know. She, I think honestly, to, for me, she turned way too quickly on Jamie. Now, Jamie's like, yeah, I'm going north and fighting. And she's like, and turn like, no, you're not. I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And I thought the mountain might kill him, but...
0: uh, I mean, that's Cersei. As soon as you do one thing she don't like, she's done with you, no matter your role (laughs) previously in her life whatsoever. I guess... But. she did it almost immediately with Joffrey, more or less immediately with Tommen not quite as explicitly with Tommen but she still did it almost immediately with Tommen and with Pycelle and with Kevin and even with her father, kind of but not really uh, and so that with Robert and that's just what she does. That's what she
1: does so I'm sure she'll have other things up her sleeve I guess But in season eight to to say something and do the exact
0: opposite, yes. <laughs> so last but not least, Jon Snow is not Jon Snow, he is Aegon Targaryen, uh which if you look into the lineage is weird because that means Rhaegar had two sons named Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. Um which I mean does kind of make sense why you would name a lot of your sons Aegon, uh, you know after Aegon the Conqueror, but nonetheless, uh, John is a Targaryen and therefore uh, Danny's nephew, which is slightly awkward as we learn this information over them to getting it on in the bedroom. Uh, yeah, and therefore John. Out of all living, would have the best claim to the Iron Throne, uh, since he is a male descendant of someone who held the throne, which obviously in Westerosi custom gives you precedence over any female claimant. Uh, And then also, uh, Robert's Rebellion was uh, built upon a lie, much like the War of the Five Kings, uh, which we can discuss when we get there later in this episode. So, what do we make of John's whole deal going on there?
1: Well, I don't really know, per se. Uh, He's heir to the Iron Throne, but he's bent the knee to Danny now. Right. So, but he did not know he was the heir. Right. But he bent the knee, so does that Mm -hmm. mean he gave up? even though he didn't know he was the heir, that he gave that up to Danny? Uh, Doesn't mean like, now you can bend the knee to whoever, but since it's a female, that doesn't count.
0: I mean, that, yeah. You're the heir. That's how it would go, yes. But, Uh, I mean, in theory, this is essentially like the Theon-Yara dichotomy, but for the entire country instead of just the Iron Islands.
1: So. so,
0: you know, technically, given what we know about Johnny, and if he was the heir, I really don't think he would even take the throne yeah, <laughs> unless I, he was basically forced to. Yeah, I don't think he would really um,
1: want it. He's not impressed with it. No. Uh, so he would succumb and give it to Danny, probably, if they if it got that far. Um, or he may say, what, or I don't know what he might say. He might say, no, I'm not really interested, but give it to Sansa instead. If they, But I don't know if you can do that.
0: Well, as we learned from Cersei, if you have the power, you can do whatever you want. You just take it. Yeah. That's so what we learned from Cersei last season. So. If you will have the power to do something, no one's going to stop you. You know, if you blow up half of the city, yeah, you can have the throne, Cersei. Here you, you go. You can have it. Uh-huh.
1: And, you know, kill your own brother. I, uh, she wanted to kill Tyrion, so... Yeah. She still wants to kill him, I the, guess. Yeah. Um, among other people.
0: <laughs> you know, that's a long list of people Cersei would like to kill.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't think John will take the throne unless it's really thrust upon
0: him to do it. Alrighty then, so, the actual plot of this episode. So, we'll start our plot recap in King's Landing, where, first, uh, Danny's gathered entourage arrives in various parts. The Unsullied and the Dothraki arrive first and just stand outside of the gates, basically. They don't really do anything. Uh, Then Tyrion, Varys, Missy, Jon, and Davos as the hound uh, sail into the the uh, the port and they all you know head on into the meeting uh, Cersei's told by Kyburn that everyone's arrived and she tells the mountain that if anything goes wrong he is to kill Danny then Tyrion then John and then kill the rest however he wants in whatever order he <laughs> So they all head to the Dragon Pit. Uh, Tyrion uh, reunites with Bronn and Pod briefly, uh, as Pod and Brienne had arrived earlier than everyone else, uh, because the journey from Winterfell to King's Landing is apparently much shorter than that from Dragonstone to... King's Landing even though the island of Dragonstone is literally right off the coast next to King's Landing but nonetheless um they just dis- uh the Hound and Brienne talk about Arya and whether or not Arya made it to Winterfell safely which of course she did uh then in the Dragonpit they all meet and they all discuss uh you know what's going on. Danny arrives late as she wants to make a uh, grand entrance upon Drogon, and she does so uh, with Rhaegal flying overhead. Uh, The Hound and the Mountain for the first time in many years meet once again. uh, And the Hound threatens to kill the Mountain at some point in the future. Uh, Hopefully we'll see that next season. Um, Euron then threatens to kill Yara unless Theon... Uh, submits to Euron's rightful rule as king of the Iron Islands, uh, which Theon does not do. Um, But then Tyrion and Jon start the meeting properly, and they have the Hound uh, has to single-handedly carry the the white up from underneath the dragon pit. For some (laughs) reason, the Hound has to do this all by himself. All by himself. But, But he does it, (laughs) <laughs> um, and he kicks the box over and the white, uh, you know, runs out of it and attempts to go kill Cersei, uh, but it's chained up and can't get all the way to Cersei. Euron immediately reacts, basically doesn't react, but nonetheless states that, ooh, this is too terrifying, I'm going to the Iron Islands, see you later, so he leaves uh and then Cersei, you know, is finally like, Okay, yeah, these are pretty scary. Yes, we will march north, help you kill all of these, as long as John promises that he will not take a side in the fight between me and Danny for the throne, and John channeling his inner Ned Stark decides stupidly, No, I can't do that. I've already swore for Danny, so too bad. So Cersei's like, oh, okay then. Well, uh, that's that. See you later. Get out soon or you all will be dead within the hour. So goodbye. So they all leave. Jaime's not too thrilled with this turn that Cersei's taken here. Uh, so everyone leaves. Tyrion eventually decides, you know what? The only way for Cersei to do anything is for me to go talk to her by myself. I really don't know why Tyrion thinks this, but nonetheless, um, Tyrion goes and decides to talk with Cersei by himself. Uh, he learns in the conversation that Cersei's pregnant, and so I would presume John and Danny, as well as the rest of the you know ruling council, know this as well. Though that's not explicitly stated, so maybe they don't, but. I'm going to presume that at the very least Danny knows this now. Um, so Tyrion and Cersei do eventually apparently strike some sort of a deal. We're not inc- we're not told what this deal is that Tyrion strikes with Cersei, but Cersei marches out back out to the dragon pit, states that all of her troops will go north and fight alongside them to defeat the army of the dead. Uh and in return, Danny will consider not slaughtering Cersei when the war with the dead is over. Uh so that's that. Uh much later, Jamie is meeting with the commanders of the army, planning their expedition north. Cersei comes out, tells Jamie, No, we're not going north, you dingy. We're not doing that. And you really think Euron left to the Iron No, he's going to Essos. He's going to go get me the Golden Company with their big swords and their elephants. They're coming here to help us kill off Dany. Uh, this does not thrill Jamie in the slightest, so he decides to abandon Cersei, abandon the army, head north to go do as much as he possibly can by himself to aid in the northern Cause as he is leaving, we see that winter has arrived here in King's Landing. Snow has begun to fall. Yes, uh, in the north at Winterfell, um, Sansa's meeting with Littlefinger to discuss the impending threat of Arya trying to murder Sansa. Uh, and so Littlefinger launches one last ditch effort here. Uh, to continue sowing the seeds of discord among the Stark family as he tries to convince Sansa that Jon has abandoned his northern heritage and has turned against the Stark family by swearing his allegiance to Danny, And, of course, that Arya wants to kill her so she can take rule over Winterfell from Sansa. Um, It's not entirely clear if at this point Sansa knows Littlefinger's trying to pull something off here and she's just going along with it. Or if Sansa's legitimately considering what Littlefinger is stating here, it's not entirely clear when that turn happens. If it's here, if it was in the last episode that Sansa turned into knowing that Littlefinger's trying to play her again, or if it doesn't happen until the actual, uh, like right before the actual, you know, execution part. Um, Nonetheless, uh, Sansa orders Arya to be brought to the Great Hall. uh, And this is when we know this is definitely... Okay, Sansa and Arya and probably Bran here have been plotting together how to get rid of Littlefinger for at least a decent amount of time to come up with this. Yes. So presumably that whole exchange of Littlefinger is Sansa playing Littlefinger to an extent. Um, So... Arya's brought in, Sansa levels charges of treason, and, or murder and treason against Lord Peter Baelish. Uh, much to Littlefinger's surprise that he's being accused of any of his crimes that he has committed throughout the entire run of the show and before the show, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Sansa explains essentially to Littlefinger and to the entire audience how Littlefinger single-handedly set this entire show in motion. Uh, more or less behind the scenes with his poisoning or giving Lysa poison to poison John Aaron with, and then having Lysa send a letter to Cat and Ned telling him it was the Lannisters, which convinces Ned to go to King's Landing in the first place. And then, of course, we all know what goes on from there. And um, Sansa has Littlefinger executed, which Arya does, which with much. Pleasure, in part. So, a uh, little little bit later, uh, Sansa and Arya discuss Littlefinger's plots and how much these two of people have grown and matured through the last seven-plus years. They have partaken in this grand adventure separately but together at the same time. Uh, They muse on one of Ned's old sayings that the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Uh, Later, Sam, Gilly, and baby Sam have made the hundreds of mile long trek from Old Town up here to Winterfell. Uh, And Sam immediately goes to Bran's quarters to meet with Bran, and uh, Bran tells Sam that John has pledged his allegiance to Danny, and they are coming here to Winterfell sometime in the future, and Sam's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, We also, Bran also tells him that he's the Three-Eyed Raven now, which Sam, as you would expect, is uh, very... Unsure of what in the world that means exactly. That? Yes. Um, so uh, Bran informs him that well, when John gets back here, I need to speak with him, as he needs to know the truth about his own identity. And so Bran, uh, you know, states, "Well, John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. He was born in Dorne." But since he's a bastard, he's not technically Jon Snow, he is John Sand. I A don't know why this would actually be important to tell John beyond the whole if you get with Danny, you're kind of getting involved with your hoff aunt kinda yes. in this scenario. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but nonetheless, uh Sam tells him, no, 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 he's not a bastard, he's never has been. I transcribed a diary at the Citadel and learned very conveniently that uh that this maester had secretly divorced Rhaegar and Elia Martell and had wed Rhaegar secretly to Liana Stark. Uh we're getting a lot of parallels between Rhaegar and Liana and uh Robin Talisa here uh with this sequence and we learn that therefore John is legitimately a Targaryen and out of all of the people still living has the best claim to the iron throne, given his uh, immediate relation to a former holder of the throne. And he's also a dude, which gives him more credence over anyone else uh, in that camp of claimancy to the throne. Uh, And also, Oh yeah. Robert's rebellion was built upon a lie, much like the war of five Kings with, uh, the whole little finger bit we learn as well, although we already knew that more or less. Um, and then also, yeah, John and Danny are aunt and nephew, uh, which is laid out very clear for us here. Uh, elsewhere in the narrow sea, first in the Chamber of the Painted Table on the Island of Dragonstone, uh, Danny and her court discuss how Danny is going to get to the north and how her army is going to go north. They eventually settle on the Dothraki. are going to ride north on the King's Road. John, Danny, and presumably all of the Unsullied are going to sail north to White Harbor, where they will join up with the Dothraki and ride the rest of the way in a Winterfell. Jora first suggests that Danny should fly to Winterfell on one of her dragons, as if she's riding through the north, all it takes is one person to go, Oh, that's the Targaryen girl. I must kill her. To save the North and shoot her, and that 's all it takes, and she 's dead, and their whole you know the whole point of this is then moot uh, Danny's like, no, 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 <laughs> i 've not come to conquer the north i've come to save the North, so I will feed so I will have no impediment to going north. I will not be impeded in the slightest by any of the general folk. Which is probably true, especially with John there. Like, no one's probably going to care too much. Probably. We'll find out together, I presume. Uh. Uh, so, they agree to go north together on that plan. The Dothraki are going to ride north. Everyone else is going to sail to White Harbor, meet up, and ride the rest of the way to Winterfell. Uh, later, as John's leaving, Theon decides to talk with John privately about, like, Theon's family lineage and how he's always felt conflicted about whether or not he's a Stark or a Greyjoy or whatnot. And just like, well, that, you're both, you know, so that's very nice. You're both. And you should go rescue Yara if that's what you want to do. So Theon decides, yes, that's what I'm going to do. So he, in the show's ever-present wisdom, we launch a Theon Greyjoy redemption arc Uh, as Theon decides to go out, finds the rest of the Ironborn, very conveniently trying to leave at this very moment, and he finds them, and he tells them, hey, we're going to go rescue Arya together, everyone. The Ironborn are not on board with this idea in the slightest, as it's, well, no, we're going to go sail off, we're going to go find some random island, murder everyone on it, and live on this island until the White Walker threat is passed, as they can't do much with water, apparently. So we're just going to go hang out on an island after we murder everyone that lives on it. So, see you later. Theon decides, no, this will be the perfect time. I'm going to get into a fist fight with the leader of this Ironborn group. He does. He manages relatively easily to kill this dude in hand-to-hand combat. And then leads this Ironborn sect... On a quest to go retake Arya from Euron's captivity. Sometime later, after they set sail, Jon uh, goes to Danny's cabin. The two begin a very awkward sexual encounter for the viewers as we are watching. Oh, aunt and nephew. Oh, okay. Well, this is kind of nice. Okay, Jon and Danny. Oh, uh, so, oh, they're related. Oh, okay. Huh. <clears throat> At least it's not as weird as Jamie and Cersei, so okay. Uh, okay. We can get on board with this, I guess. Um, uh, unbeknown to both of them, Tyrion was apparently on his way to go speak with Danny as well, and he uh, sees John enter the cabin, and either out of concern for what may be going on or jealousy at John's position, <laughs> Tyrion is not too pleased either way. I'm not entirely certain whether it's Tyrion's not on board with the idea of them two being more than politically involved or if it's Tyrion's jealous that he's not the one in there uh, instead of Jon. I think he's jealous. Or it could be both, I guess. But yes. But nonetheless, uh, last but not least, at the wall at Eastwatch by the sea, Tormund and Berakton Darien. Are you know just walking around, looking around, seeing what's going on here on top of the wall? They head up to the top, they look down, and they see, oh, White Walker approaching for some reason. Why is well, they can't get here, the magic will keep them away, right? Yeah, should. And then they hear a sound that instills fear in the hearts of men throughout all of the known world the screech of a dragon as the Night King arrives upon the back of the newly reanimated Viserion and lays complete waste to at least this eastern tip of the wall, blows the entire castle of Eastwatch into the ground, but I assume... Uh, because we're not explicitly shown it, and I think they would have uh, Tormund and Beric somehow survived this, somehow. I'm not entirely sure how, but... I don't know how either. <laughs> but, um, presumably, since uh, we didn't explicitly see them die, and we spent a whole good two minutes last episode on Thoros of Mir's death, I think we would have seen it uh, if they had. So somehow they survive here. I I don't know. Uh, maybe they use those giant chains, the... the army of the dead had maybe they brought them with them and they stole them and like are riding them down the side of the wall I don't know that's what they're doing yeah, yeah. nonetheless um Viserion obliterates the wall with his blue fire so I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like he's breathing ice or he's just breathing fire that is colored blue it's very cold yeah uh, that is cold know. fire maybe I don't know nonetheless he destroys the entire eastern tip of the wall The army of the dead marches through and is ready to begin its assault upon the northernmost bit of cultured Westeros. And that is it for this episode as far as I am aware. So, do you have anything to add? Any questions that I can do my best to answer since now you and I are both on roughly the same knowledge level? Uh, here more or less at least. Uh, I don't know anything that'll happen in the future that you don't. So, nonetheless, um, what questions do you have of any kind? Uh, I don't really have any right now. Okay. So nope. No questions I'm waiting for season eight now. All right. Any, uh, any additional observations or anything like that? Uh, I don't see any, no. Okay, so, uh, I do believe none of this has anything uh, in the books, I don't believe yet. I could be wrong, let me get to there. Oh, it does, actually. Okay, Um, so, in A Feast for Crows, the fourth novel, uh, chapter 44, Jamie 7, Jamie decides to abandon Cersei as snow begins to fall in King's Landing. Uh from A Dance with Dragons the 5th novel chapter 9 Davos 1 someone mentions the practice of killing dwarves at birth which is something Euron brings up uh to Tyrion in this episode uh chapter 54 Cersei 1 Cersei states that Tyrion is responsible for the attempt on Mercella's life uh epilogue snow falls on King's Landing signaling the arrival of winter in full And from the Winds of Winter, the as-of-yet-unpublished sixth novel, but from the published sample chapters, we know in Theon Chapter 1 that somebody intends to hire the Golden Company and bring them to Westeros. And that is, as far as we know, everything in the books to this point. So, what rewatch notes do I have for this episode? Well, I have a few um, on an artistic level, there's quite a lot in this episode that is artistically wonderful, I found. Um, both Lena Headey and Peter Dinklage are tremendous throughout this whole episode. Uh, just wonderful stuff from them, especially their private conversation together is just wonderful stuff. Uh, Danny's entrance to the Dragon Pit, pretty nice there. Uh, Littlefinger's oh, death... Is very reminiscent of Littlefinger himself. It is both stunning and pathetic at the same time. Uh so right rightly done there. And the wall falling is a breathtaking sequence, even still, after the fourth or fifth viewing of it. Still wonderfully done moment there with the wall falling. Random notes. We get a lot of meetings and reunitings in this episode. I'm only going to note the major ones, or I could be here for 20 minutes. So, Danny and Cersei meet for the first time. Uh, John and Tyrion are both reunited with Cersei. In John's case, this would be season one, either episode one or two. John and Cersei briefly met uh, when Cersei was up at Winterfell. Uh, and season four, either episode nine or ten, I can't remember which, at the top of my head, for Tyrion and Cersei uh, last interacting before this episode. Uh, the Hound and Brienne are reunited since the season three finale. Uh, Tyrion and what well, Tyrion with Bronn and Podrick are reunited since for the first time since the season four finale. Uh, the Hound and Cersei. Reunited for the first time since season two, either episode eight or nine. I wasn't entirely sure if they interacted during the Battle of Blackwater or not. I couldn't recall. Uh, The Hound of Mountain reunited for the first time since season two, episode nine. Uh, And last but not least, Varys and Cersei reunited as well for the first time since sometime in season five. I did not care to look up the specific episode that Varys left Cersei's company. Um... The Hound now knows that Arya is still alive and at Winterfell, and we see that the Hound does at least in some way care about Arya's well-being here in this episode. Uh, Cersei realizes that essentially right when Danny lands, she realizes that there is no way Cersei can fight and defeat danny at least not yet. Not if they got three of those. Uh, The difference in the reaction to the white is fascinating stuff here. Euron basically doesn't care at all about the White. Cersei is slightly frightened, but ultimately doesn't really care all that much either. Jamie is absolutely terrified. And Kyburn is more or less interested just in how could he replicate this for his own scientific endeavors, uh, more or less. Uh, Euron, well, he's going to Essos bring back Gold Company. Um... We get a few John Ned parallels in this episode. First, with John's whole I can't, you know, pledge not to fight for Danny thing there, the whole honor thing there. And then his conversation with Theon as well, with his forgiving of what Theon has done to the Stark family as much as John possibly can. Uh, Later, Tyrion and uh, presumably then Danny and John. Uh, Know that Cersei's pregnant, which is an interesting thing. We'll have to see how this plays out next season because, as we recall from Maggie the Woods Witch, that Cersei's only slated to ever have three children. She's not supposed to have a fourth, so we'll see how or if this goes. Could this possibly have something to do with the Valonqar prophecy as I believe technically since it is Cersei and Jaime's child this child will not only be Cersei's child but also her brother technically I think so maybe it's something to do with the Valonqar prophecy we'll see Danny is pretty obviously upset with the dragon pit and the role it played in the downfall of her family so if she is to if she sits on the throne and her dragons or at least one of her dragons survives uh what's she plan to do with them? That'll be something interesting to see if we get an answer to. Cersei now knows that Danny is down a dragon, presumably, as well Danny brought both. But she's supposed to have three. Where's the third? Why would it not come with her? Hmm. So Cersei's pretty certain Danny has lost a dragon somehow, in some way. Hmm. Littlefinger gives one last effort to convince Sansa. John's abandoning the North and that Arya wants to kill her. It does not end well for Littlefinger. John and Danny's army is heading up north to Winterfell. Danny does kind of imply that she will let the North be independent once she takes the throne, and she has not come to conquer the North. Yeah, right. Uh Theon and a group of Ironborn are gonna go try and save Yara. We'll see how this goes for them. I'd imagine probably not well, but you never know. Sansa has finally learned how to play the game. Uh, Cersei, of course, lied about helping in the north. This greatly upsets Jaime and leads him to abandon her. Jaime's heading north to help at Winterfell as best as he can. Snow has arrived in King's Landing. Now, this is very important. If you recall back to Season 2, the Season 2 finale, during Danny's House of the Undying Visions, one of the things she saw was the Iron Throne... Covered in snow. Now you can look at this a couple of ways. Either the actual, yeah, snow's going to fall on the throne because of some giant hole in the Red Keep, maybe. Or obviously you can look at it the more, uh, you know, artistic interpretation of it, which is snow sitting on the Iron Throne. Jon Snow sitting on the Iron Throne, potentially. Mm, I don't know. Um, Sam Gillian, baby mm-hmm. Sam, are at Winterfell now. Bran and Sam, well, the greatest detective duo in Westeros. Uh, both know that Jon Snow is the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna, and therefore a legitimate Targaryen, and has the best claim to the throne. Also, Danny's nephew. Uh, also, Robert's rebellion was built upon a lie, almost entirely, which is an interesting thing when you consider Danny's statement last episode that "what war was won without deceit." This leads us to what war was not started upon deceit, as this is now two in a row. Robert's Rebellion and the War of the Five Kings started upon some level of deceit from one or multiple people involved in the starting of said war. Um, we get Robb, Talisa, Rhaegar, Lyanna parallels in this episode, both forbidden, more or less, love affairs that ultimately lead to both parties' deaths. Obviously, Rhaegar and Liana. Eanna dies in childbirth with John. Rhaegar dies on the battlefield at the Trident at the hand of Robert Baratheon. Robin and Felisa both die at the Red Wedding. So, nonetheless. Um, the Wall has fallen and the army of the dead have passed in the north. I believe we're supposed to, be, we're supposed to know that Bran sees this happening because the, the sequence starts. We see Bran sitting out in the God's Wood warging into a group of ravens or crows. So, presumably... He's supposed to have seen this and so knows this has happened, uh, presumably, so he can tell John in the Season 8 premiere. Um, Some foreshadowing nuggets. I have some. Obviously, this is all guesses at this point, obviously, because I have no idea. Um, So, the Hound is fully committed to being the one to finally kill the Mountain. Uh, Tyrion states that, I don't want to destroy our family. I never have. Uh, Cersei, I don't care about checking my worst impulses. I don't care about making the world a better place. Uh, A question I already asked, but what plan does Danny have for Drogon and Rhaegal if they both survive or if she takes the throne? Uh, Did Tyrion strike some sort of bargain with Cersei? that convinced Cersei to at least state that she was going to go north and help. Maybe he struck something here. This has been a, a point of a lot of speculation so far in the fan community as to if he did or did not, and if so, what that deal may have been. Uh, John and Danny heading up to Winterfell with all of Danny's armies. Uh, Danny states that she has not come to conquer the north. Will this lead to a newly independent north again if Danny is to take the throne in the end. Uh, Theon talks to Jon about choosing between two family lineages, that of the Greyjoys and the Starks. Presumably, Jon will have this choice to make next season between the Starks or the Targaryens. It's a little different because Jon's never known he's a Targaryen, so it doesn't really have the same... Impact, presumably, but he will have that choice to make then if whether or not he wants to continue his romantic affair with his aunt Danny <clears throat> or not. Uh, Theon heading out to find Yara will probably, I would assume, see more of this next season. Uh, Sansa and Arya both collectively state that when the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. interesting statement. we look at wh- what's on the board for next season as far as allegiances go. Uh, and last but not least, uh, the Army of the dead's through the wall now. Uh, I'd imagine this will be important. I don't see how it's not, so um, I'd imagine we'll learn more about that and I think see it's the, be important yeah. see the implications of that next season. Um, so that is all. I have for this episode, and that will bring an end to not only Game of Thrones, at least for now, but our coverage of the show, and therefore an end to this podcast, at least until the beginning of April, when we will be back to discuss our predictions for what might be down the line in Season 8 of Game of Thrones. And of course, we will then return to cover each episode of Season 8 of Game of Thrones. In April as well. So, until that time, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to it so you will uh, see when the show makes its return. And until then, goodbye.